Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters, and welcome to another edition, another episode of Why the Muslim Woman. I'm your host, Abu Abdurrahman, and I'm very pleased once again to be joined by my dear brother, Sheikh Nasim Abidi. Assalamu alaikum. It's good to have you with us once again. The pleasure is all else, sir. You're doing, uh, taking some extra notes or preparation um, notes before we get, just uh, before we start. Relaxation. Relaxation, huh? Relaxation. So you find uh, like a type of therapy in writing? Is that what it is? Uh, drawing, relaxation, drawing. Uh, not dwaddling. That's like with walking, but <laughs> there's something to do. There's another word. Just yeah, write things down when you're waiting, or you do something. It's actually a tip. For those that have, uh, before we even get into our Yes, please program, enlighten us. These are all life lessons that you learn on Albayan Radio. Uh, if a person uh, can't stop thinking about something or something's really upsetting them, and they say sometimes write it down, part of the reason is because it uses a different part of the brain. Interesting. It uses a different part of the brain. So the part that's worrying and thinking and overthinking, you slow that movement down and you move it to, when you write things down, a different part of the brain. And so it, help, it can help with... Relaxation, also, I've been told. Excellent. Barakallah fiqh for that uh, insight. I'd like to welcome all our viewers on our YouTube, uh, Facebook, ASWJ Australia, and also to the newly created uh, Al Bayan Facebook page. Please like our page. It's back after a long time in, um, how can we say, in recess. Is that what they say? Unav- it's unavailable. And that wasn't from our end. But alhamdulillah, Facebook is kicking again. Albayan Radio, please like our page and share away. And all those listening on our apps and online, welcome. This is Why the Muslim Woman, Part 10. Sheikh Nassim, maybe the disclaimer once again that we always say before each program. We'll start with Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, Disclaimer, please, before you comment, before you jump to conclusions, before you freak out, Go back and listen to the first nine episodes where we speak about a lot of introductory points. We speak about a lot of things so that we understand where we are now. If you try and understand the lesson from today, there's a real chance that you're going to misunderstand a lot of things and or be offended with a few things. And inshallah, today's not actually that controversial, but nevertheless it still opens up the door for the possibility of someone uh, getting offended because they misunderstood. But if you go back and you listen, inshallah, azawajal, you won't have that problem, inshallah. Inshallah. Let's get straight into it. We have a few more issues to discuss before we discuss the solutions in the upcoming episodes. So we finished up in the last few episodes speaking about some of the consequences of uh, how they want the modern woman to be. And again, the Muslim woman is no exception to that. And we are up to speaking about unraised children unraised children now again these are always things that unfortunately we're sitting there throwing it out just so that no one you know, gets uh, you know, sensitive about the, the topic and misunderstands is the raising of the children solely upon the woman obviously not so that no one misunderstands from the title we're talking about unraised children yes it's the father's role it's the mother's role but here we're talking specifically in this particular series in this particular program why the muslim woman and again if you want to understand why please go back to the first few episodes and inshallah azza wa jal you understand why we're focusing 
uh, in these talks about um, women in general and then the Muslim women. So one of the consequences, as we spoke about before, was divorce. And then one of the things that you have with divorce is unraised children. Um, is it always 100% the rule? No, it's not always 100% the rule. Can you get uh, children in divorced marriages that uh, are very, very, very good and very successful to Barakal and very emotionally, mentally, and physically healthy? Yes, of course you can. There are always exceptions to the rule. Whether it's Islamic or non-Islamic, we don't look at the exceptions. Can a person drink 10 liters of alcohol a day and live until he's 150? Yeah, you probably can. Can a person smoke you know, three packets of cigarettes a day and be healthy until he's 100 years old? Yeah, he probably can. But do we look at the exceptions or we do look at the general rule? We always look at the general rule. Okay, we always look at the general rule. On top of that, it's not only divorced uh, situations where the children become unraised. You also have a lot of parents who are married, but they're absent when it comes to parenting. And so the father might be there, the mother might be there, but because of the reality of the situation, you have unraised children. And so we want to speak about both. We want to speak about both. We speak about divorce. This is a natural consequence, but also, and in some ways, it's actually worse. In some ways, it's actually worse where the parents are together, but because they're both absent, the child actually uh, becomes unraised. What do we mean with, about unraised children? When we say unraised children, we're talking about children who are not nurtured to be upright individuals when they're adults. That's what we mean. Uh, eight-year-old, a nine-year-old, a ten-year-old, maybe they're being fed, yes. Maybe they're being showered, yes. Maybe they have very nice clothing, yes. But their character, when they become an adult, do they have the skills necessary to be an upright individual? Are they strong? Are they confident? Are they eloquent? Can they, uh, you know, perform business transactions? Do they have direction in life? Do they know? Do they know what they want to do in life? Are they respectful? Are they humble? Do they look to assist others? Are they beneficial to themselves and to the others? Do they know what they want to study? Do they want know what they want to work? Do they have experiences in life that give them that confidence? If you put them in a new situation, how, are they going to react positively or negatively? These are little things that we we, we mean when we say raise children, okay? And unraised children, some of the obvious consequences. You know, they're rude, they don't understand any you know, common courtesy, uh, they've got a lot of mental health issues, emotional issues, etc. Um, they have no direction in life, they don't want to work, they have no work ethic. If they do work, you know, they're late, they want to leave early, they're always looking for another better job, they don't respect authority, the bosses, etc. You know, we're talking about a lot of negative consequences. Now, a lot of people will completely agree that uh, we're going to use the term duds, okay, but in a like somehow politically correct way meaning a lot duds as in like failure failures unmotivated not unmotivated they're not at the center that they should be they're like lemons you know they're lemons yeah you know in the car's a lemon <laughs> it's meant to be a good car but you buy it and it's just got a million and one problems okay it's a lemon somebody got a, a, it might be a brand new car but it's a lemon in the area we used to see something else for the lemon yeah there's a lot of things <laughs> we'll leave the area aside <laughs> These kids, a lot of people will readily admit that a lot of kids today are duds. Who do you blame though? Who do you blame? Can you blame the kid themselves? A kid is just a product of the environment. A kid is just a product of the environment that he was raised in. How he was raised, he's going to be. The society that he's in, he's going to be. We spoke, I uh, had a lesson on Tuesday, which is online on Facebook. And I believe if you're a parent, you really should watch it inshallah, uh, about uh, parenting in the holidays. And we speak a little bit about uh, this topic. Who do you blame? Do you blame that child? That child is the same child. Any Whether that child was born in 1990s or the 2000s or 1980s or the 70s or inshallah the 1920s. What is that child going to be when he's older? 
He's going to be how the society and his household molds him. For the environment. So if you as a parent know that my child is not going to get molded the right way if I leave him to society. Okay, question now. What are you doing to mold your child? Are you instilling in your child that which you want to see in your child in 10, 15, 20, 30 years time? Are you instilling that? If you're not instilling that, then who's going to instill in the child? Who's raising your child? Where, where are they going to learn all of these amazing trades from? The iPad, the telephone, the computer, school, their friends. You are going to say, obviously not. You're going to say that. As a parent, you're going to admit that. So then what's the alternative? You as a parent need to be the one that molds that child. You as a parent are the one that needs to raise that child. So we have, again, not just divorced parents, but even absent parents. When you have the you know modern woman as as it be let's just take an an average day we're not going to one extreme or the other an average day you know the modern woman what she is taught in today's societies you're um a young girl you go to school you come back you get a career whether you get a university or you tafe whatever it is you get a career you get a job when you go to work uh if you do end up getting married or having a partner and having children in the future once your child gets to a certain age, you give them, you take them to, um, you know, preschool and even after school uh, care if you need. Okay. And this continues. Before that, even child care. Yeah, child care as well. Long time. Tayyib. Again, for people to, again, we always have to throw these things in and it's very, very upsetting. But we're not saying, wallah, child care is the devil. No. There's a place for all of these things. And if a person's in a, in a state of necessity, this doesn't it's not included again these are exceptions we're not worried about exceptions and there is a point of benefit that can be achieved from all of these things now but the we're talking about making the asal that the default position is that your your child is raised by someone else they when your child your children are in these institutes what are they what are they being taught are they being nurtured are they being taught amazing things is is their character building or is it really we're going to do what's absolutely most convenient to us to look after the child so they don't scream and cry and suck. And they're going to have a lot of fun, as much fun as they want. And because obviously, you know, the care that it needs to be given to the children needs to be extremely delicate by those institutions. They can't smack the child or discipline the child in a you know rough way. So they have to be extremely nice with the child, almost becomes the boss of, the, of his caretakers. And so what does the child get used to? Child gets used to, Fun, games, I get my way. If I don't get my way, I have a massive tantrum. They go home when their parents pick them up from school. Generally speaking, and again, how is the mother and the father when they are back home with that child? Let's say she's working 9 to 5. She picks up the child, for example, 5.30, 6 o'clock. She's been working from the morning. She's absolutely smashed. She's wrecked. Working a full-time job, comes in and picks up the child. When that child goes home, generally speaking, and again, these are studies. These are not Wallah Nasim speaking. These are studies done by non-Muslims. Generally speaking, how is the nutritional state of that child now? Forget mental and emotional, religious, societal. Forget all of that for now. Just the nutritional. How is the nutritional level of, of that child? Do you think they're eating extremely nutritious meals? They take time to prepare. There's a lot of preparation for that. There's a lot of going to the shops for that. You can't uh upkeep that very 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 hard so you know the nice healthy nutritional foods aren't usually being given to those children why because the mother's wrecked she's tired so she comes generally speaking things that are easy to prepare things that need to be microwaved 
or things that can be put into the oven or the air fryer. And so it's usually like a, you know, chicken nuggets, for example, or chicken burgers. Uh, you'll be fortunate to get some salad. And this is your, this is your meal. So the n- nutrition of the child is not, is not there. So the child usually goes up now with health problems. On top of that, the emotional care that the, the mother can give at this time. The emotional care, if you're tired, you know as a man, everyone knows as a human being, as an adult, the more tired you are, it's, the harder it is for you to be emotionally connected with someone to pay, give them your attention, etc. You've been working a full day. And when you're at work, it takes a lot out of you because you have to put on a certain persona. You can't be exactly who you want to be at work. You have to act in a certain way, talk in a certain way, dress in a certain way. When you get home, you just want to get into sh- uh, switch off mode, relaxation mode. So the mother gets home, child's there. Let's say it's six o'clock now. How do you think the mother is going to be with this child? Others say, you know, let's sit down. Let's do your homework together. Tell me about your day. Uh, tell me about your feelings. What situations did you have? How did you go about those situations? Is there you know, character building? You have to be like this. Is there like experiences? Let's go to this person. Let's go to this extracurricular program. Or is it just about usually whatever is going to bring the most relaxation? Let's do that. Which usually ends up being you want to play on your video games? Play on your video games. You want to watch movies? Watch movies. You want to go on the computer? Go on the computer. You want to do whatever you want to do? Do it. As leave long as you don't give me a headache. Leave me alone, yeah. As long as you don't, you don't give me a headache. Tayyip. Because that child got used to so much pampering, because everyone had to look after them and no one could discipline the child and everyone's uh, philosophy in dealing with the child was simply their own convenience. Even some of you living with your grandparents. You know, a lot of parents, they hate leaving their kids, like stricter parents. They hate leaving the kids with their grandparents. Why? Because let's say the kids don't eat, for example, chips and chocolate and sugar at home. When they go to their grandparents' house, what do they give them? Chips and chocolate and sugar. So okay? grandparents spoil them. Uh, at home, they, they only have, you know, limited amount of TV. When they get to their grandparents' house, TV. It's just, you know... As much as they love them, they think that they're doing right by them, but they're looking also as, for their own benefit. What's the most convenient thing for me? They're not going to take him to the park and kick a ball. Just sit at home. Here's my phone. You know, watch you know YouTube shorts or whatever it is. So you end up in this cycle where this child only knows convenience. Now you want to inconvenience the child. Give me the phone. You need to do your homework. You need to eat these particular foods. You need to go to this program. What ends up happening usually? Massive tantrum. Does the mother fight that? Does she fight that? Does she go against that? A lot of the time what happens, the kid's got energy for days, sabarakullah. He keeps on fighting, fighting, fighting. What happens to the mother? She gives up. Now the child learns. Habibi, I have it over my mother. I have it over my mother. As long as I kick and scream long enough, my mother doesn't have the energy. She's tired from work. She's got work the next day. This is without even my dad coming back from work yet to add on to the stress of my mother. Point being is... Was that child able to get the nurture, the nurturing and the care that he's uh, required to receive in order for him to be an upright individual later on in life? No. Again, go look at the studies, go look at the research, forget a Muslim program, go look at a non-Muslim program. Children, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, how many of them are self-harming? How many of them are diagnosed with extreme anxiety, with extreme depression? How many of them are committing suicide? How many of them, even if alhamdulillah they don't have any of these issues, how many of them are doing things like sexting? You know, trying to get attention off the opposite agenda, especially the girls. Um, they're trying to get attention off the opposite agenda because you know they're empty inside. They want that attention of others. So they, they do things, they degrade themselves, and they don't realize the consequences and what it brings later on. How many of them, unfortunately, are falling into that? How many of them are running away from home? 
How many of them are taking drugs and substances like alcohol? How many of them are doing this? We can sit back and say, no, 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 Sheikh, you can't say that, you can't say that, you can't say that. No problem. Let's look at the reality. Again, we said from the beginning, we are happy for people to disagree with us or to say, no, what you're saying is wrong. But it has to be based on one of two things. Number one, you have to bring religious evidence that we're wrong. What you're saying is wrong according to Quran and Sunnah will remain silent and will obviously accept. Or number two, you bring us facts. You bring us reality. You bring us studies. You bring us experience so that we can say, you know what, we apologize. We were wrong in this. It's not as big as a problem as we thought it was, whatever it may be. But the reality of what we see and what we read and what we hear, this is something that you can't deny. Now, and again, these are backed up by studies also. So uh, the child gets to this age. Let's say, alhamdulillah, they have no issues. They have no issues. How many, you're, alhamdulillah, I mean, you're a mature adult now, and you meet a lot of kids, you've got a few kids yourself, more than a few kids along with yourself, uh, you meet many of their friends, you meet many of the people at the gym, you meet people at the masjid, you meet people at schools, etc. No. How many 18-year-olds do you meet? They either have already dropped out of school or they're finishing the HSC, and you say, what do you want to do? And they say, I don't know. How many have you met like that? Creeps. They're probably the majority nowadays. What do you want to do? You're like, oh, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I would say that it's very rare to find not only someone who knows what he wants to do and has some goals and aims, to find uh, someone who is upright, uh, ambitious, has goals and aims, they stand out. And and sometimes you, you see brothers like that or you hear of sisters like that, you say, Allahumma barik, they're excellent for to be future husbands or wives. And they're standing out because... The stand is so low. So again, all of this is all of this is a consequence of unraised children. Whether it's in a broken home where they didn't get the nurturing that they needed because it's a broken home, or because there are parents there but they're absent parents. And why are they absent parents? Because of reasons XYZ. Okay, because of reasons if someone turns around and says, Okay, what about the mothers who are stay at home mothers? who have the ability to raise their children, and they don't, well, that's even worse. Okay, but that's a whole other uh, topic. And that still falls into what we're talking about today. Okay, that, you know, you're not the main caretaker and you don't need to sacrifice and you worry about yourself and you do you and uh, you've sacrificed for everyone else. Now it's time to focus on yourself, all of that kind of stuff. Then this is a, also a consequence also, of that. also, once again, I don't want to keep repeating the disclaimer. This, is, this program is about why the Muslim woman. So obviously... If the sister is doing excellent, the woman is doing excellent, and the father is neglecting, which causes the child to stray, to look for attention from the wrong crowds and the wrong people, this is addressed in another time and another topic, but it's there as well. It's, it's not saying it's not there like 100%. it doesn't exist. 100%. What are we moving to? We're still on the same point? So from here, from here we move to the reality that you as a parent have the responsibility to raise your children. Every action has a consequence. Every action has a consequence. Consequences are good and bad. Consequences can be good or can be bad. If you do not want to invest in your children, or if you think that your life is fine and there are no issues with you, the way you're bringing up your children, if that's your reality, then that's not an issue. But just be ready for the consequences when they come later on. A lot of consequences are not seen overnight. They, they take sometimes years to show their reality. If you're happy living the way you're, you're living and you want to you know pull the curtain over your eyes pull the wool over your eyes that's up to you no problem 
You can remain like that. You can ignore everything that is said. You can call us liars. You can say people are overdoing it. No problem. But you have to do the consequences. A lot of telltale signs are seen in our children from now, the way that they disrespect us, the way that they don't uh, succeed in even their schooling, the way that they are with their relationships with others, the lack of confidence that they have, etc., etc., etc. What is uh, an active parent? What, what does an active parent look like when it comes to raising their children? Anything and everything that is needed for the growth of that child, their parents do their best to achieve. Whether it's religiously. Wallah, it kills me. These are school holidays. Uh, parent can't teach their children Quran. Why are you as a parent 30, 40, 50 years old not able to read the Quran? Why? Why? What is so important in your life that you have gone 30 years, 40 years, 50 years of your life not knowing how to read Quran properly? Is the Quran that low on your priority list that you could not sacrifice one, two hours a week maximum to learn how to read the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Very good question. If you don't have someone who doesn't have something can't give it. These are two-week holidays. The religious upbringing of your children. What, how many times do you come across wudu? Yeah, I know how to make wudu. And the guy's shocking wudu. Break wudu. Yeah, I know what breaks the wudu. And they got no idea what breaks the wudu. They're like grown men and women. When we teach Sharia classes, when we get to the chapter of wudu and what breaks the wudu and what doesn't break the wudu, like people are freaking out. So These are like 30, 40-year-old women, 40-year-old men. And they're freaking out about the basics of their deen that they've been living their whole life wrong doing. About salah, same thing. Are you looking after the religious needs of your child? If you don't have the ability to teach them, why? Okay, where's your where's the effort that you need to put in for you to be able to teach them? They the emotional needs of your children. For you to actually like speak with your children, connect with your children, get out with your children, give your children experiences. Let them let them be happy. If they're sad, what makes them sad? If they get triggered, what makes them triggered? So you understand how to how to communicate with them. If your child has an issue with taking criticism, well, what are you gonna do? You're gonna let that child go? He's gonna live his whole life. Anyone that gives him any criticism, even if it's any hundred percent correct, and it's gonna make him a better person, or it's a hundred percent relevant, like it's from a boss or from a teacher, he's gonna get upset with them. You need to explain to your child, Habibi, you need to learn how to take criticism. And you need to look at the red. Don't just become defensive. Now you can, you know, again, not just, not just children, adults. You say anything to them, they get upset, they get offended. Certain types of people. They, will ne they never receive the training to understand. Hold on a second. If someone criticizes me, let me pause. Let me think about what they are saying. And let me take it into consideration. Is it correct? Yes or no? Based on the facts. No, it's not automatically defensive. Problematic. The mental well-being of your children. The character building. Does your child know how to act as a as a mature being? We look at children as if they're you know, dumb and they're stupid and khalas, they just watch movies all day and just play. And then when you're 18, flick the switch and be a very, very, very mature adult. No. You have to teach them from the, when they're young. Allah Barik, a 10-year-old understands. A 10-year-old understands. That's why you know he has to pray. You know, as a parent, you have to get him to pray next to you. Not as that it's, in, it's an obligation and he sinned if he doesn't. But you as a parent need to make sure from when he's seven, you teach him the prayer. And from when he's 10, you, it becomes enforced. No, yalla, it's on prayer because they understand. They understand. The level of discipline is higher. Why? Because they know right from wrong. They're, they're really getting there. So when your son is sitting, for example, he's got his feet on the couch. When is he going to learn that 
you don't put your feet on the couch, for example, especially in certain cultures. When's he going to learn that? If you didn't teach him that, when's he going to learn it? We learned that. Yeah. <laughs> we learned that the hard way. <laughs> when's he going to learn how to shake someone's hand? I, I know, I've, I think I've mentioned it so many times here, and I mentioned it in my talks and everywhere. Like, sometimes like you shake a brother's hand, you're like, man, like, is he like mahram for me or not? Like, why are you, why are you shaking like that for? Give you a, t- a tap. Like, a tap. It's, like a, it's like a little touch. It's like, what the heck? Shake like a man. Shake like a man. Your handshake says a lot about you. It's very important in society to know how to shake hands. If and you know from the masjid upstairs, who's a kid that's strong? Who's a kid that, that's confident? Who's a kid that you'd want to marry your daughter? Who's a kid that you would not want on your football team? You know just from the handshake. These kids are going to get out in life, in society, for work, etc. The way that you talk, the way that your child talks, is he like squashed up? Is he in a too broad? How is he? You got to advise your child. Little things, little things like teenage boys. You have to, as a parent, the mother, and this is a lot of when the father comes in because the mother is like the primary uh, nurturer of the child up until a certain age. And then when they get a little bit older, the father really needs, really needs to step it up. But again, this is when the father and the mother are working hand in hand. And we said this before in the previous episodes, the parents, the way that the modern world wants to make the relationship between the husband and the wife is that they are like competing, yeah. competing against That's each true. other. Who's got more control? No, it's a partnership. The, the, between the husband and the wife, it's a partnership. They complete each other. They're not against. They don't compete. They complete each other. It's um, just the you know one letter difference. Yes. Now, the ill. Maybe we can make that something special. Complete, compete. It's still that when that love is there, or something like that. We have to come up. Yeah. We have to come up with something like uh, cheesy. Maybe the tech man. <laughs> tech man. I think Shola is awake. Maybe the tech man can uh, can cover something cheesy for us. Inshallah. And we're gonna come up with something new for the tech team. Yeah. We're going to call them the production team. Yeah. No, that's that's a very high standard. Production? Too high. Too, yeah, so even he says, tech team? Yeah, too high. I think tech, tech team sounds good. It's got a, it's got a ring to it. Now, when, they, when they're completing one another, then they can work even the way that they talk. You know, Habibi, I spoke to our son today. Um, I think as a man, you need to speak to him about these things. Again, he appreciates that. He likes that. Okay? As opposed to, you don't do anything for your children, right? Like you don't need to fight with each other. They, if their relationship is there, the relationship, alhamdulillah, is happy. It's healthy. These things again, they work together. How many young boys do you, you know, sometimes stand next to in prayer, or you meet them out and they like stink? Why? Because they don't have the iron on. You again, human beings. Sometimes we think, man, that kind of person smell his bad smell. No, again, scientifically, no. Uh, there's something I don't know how it works scientifically, but. Whether it's a good smell or a bad smell, you become accustomed to it. That's why if a person, Akramakullah, is in the bathroom and he knows that there's a bad smell, but after like a minute, he doesn't smell it anymore. It becomes He becomes completely accustomed to it. Same thing with bad smells. A bad smell might be right there on a person, but he doesn't smell it. Why? Because he becomes completely accustomed to it. Some other person like will be like almost about to vomit where he won't even, uh, he'll be completely oblivious. Same thing here. with perfume smells. You smell perfume on, you smell amazing, but you can't smell it. Why? Because you know you became accustomed to it. Whereas you go stand next to someone else three meters away and they're like, mashallah, it's a beautiful, amazing perfume. And you can't even smell any, uh, you know, 1% of it. Why? Because you, you become accustomed to it. So these young kids, they don't know that they smell bad and they had no one to teach them. Like uh, basic things of the fitrah. Basic things like, you know, shaving your underarms, shaving your like pubic region. Our kids don't know. Girls don't know. Like it's something that you would think everyone should be knowing these things. But they don't. Why? Because no one taught them. No one taught them. 
as parents, what do you think your role is? Your role is to ask yourself at 25 years old, how do I want this young boy to be? How do I want this young girl to be? And to start to install that from now, to start downloading that from now. Because if you don't, no one else will. Everyone else just assists. The sheikh, your, the school, their friends, your relatives, they just assist in the process. You know, they just like decorate the cake. But the one who needs to make the cake is you as a parent. So whether it's their religious, their emotional, their character building, their mental state, that all goes back to you. You have to do it. If the child is given what he wants, what's going to happen? Then he's just going to run wild. I don't know if anyone is into horses. Uh, a lot of people love horses. They don't know exactly how horses work. A horse is another mind of its own. That's what it wants. What do you need to do as a trainer and as a rider? You need to force the horse to do what you want and you reward it when it does something right until it learns, this is the right way. Let me not give myself headaches. Let me just go with the flow. But if the horse mucks up a little bit, and it does, it will test you. The horse mucks up a little bit and starts to do what it wants to do and you leave the horse, it now knows I'm in control, meaning the horse. I'm in control and I'll do whatever I want to do. So what ends up happening to the rider on top? The rider is struggling and he's fighting. Sometimes he gets you know, thrown off. Why? Because you let the horse do what it wants. You affirmed its bad traits. You affirmed uh, you uh, lacked in its discipline and its teaching when it was younger. And so it took control of you when it was older. Same thing with the child. Exact same thing with the child. Same thing with your nafs. If you don't discipline and control that nafs from when it's young and you don't nurture it to be what it should be when it's older, the nafs is going to choose, the child's going to choose whatever's convenient for it. Give a child a choice. You want to eat chips or you want to eat salad? It's going to eat chips. You want to eat lollies or you want to eat uh, meat? I want to eat lollies. Natural choice of a child. You want to sleep at 1 o'clock in the morning or you want to sleep at 8.30? I want to sleep at 1 o'clock in the morning. You want to go to school? You want to stay watching TV all day? I want to watch TV all day. If you give the child what they want and not what they need, you are directly assisting in the, demoli in the demolition of your child, in the destruction of your child. Again, these things are used as rewards, as free time, as from time for them to refresh, no problem. They have to have that as kids. But it's not the it's not the principle, it's not the core of who they are and what your role is as a parent. You need to assist them in that journey. You need to raise them. So you need to be there as a parent. And all of this talk of a woman can do it by balancing a job and balancing this and balancing that, it doesn't work. And that's why the talk shifted. It went from a woman can be you know, this strong, amazing woman who works full-time, blah, 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 and raises a family, to now being, oh, well, you can't just put it all on the woman. One, it's not her primary role, and stop talking like that because it's sexist and it's misogynistic. And where's the father in all of this? Again, the father has his place. But the primary upkeeper of the family in terms of nurturing, especially in the early stages of life, is the mother. In any which way you look at it, religiously, scientifically, historically, however you want to look at it it's the mother now so the mother needs to be there and she needs to be available for it mothering you know, being a mother is not an easy job the mother is a university according a, to the famous a, statement a, a mother is School. being a mother yeah. is not an easy job it's, it's hard, very yeah. hard but it's, it's very rewarding it's very well. hard it is extremely rewarding why would i you know for example if you're a professional football player okay we want to i'm a bit of a rugby league player myself to be honest Allah. <laughs> well, I'm not going to bring up uh, my uh, career <laughs> well, that lasted. If you're a professional rugby league player, okay, you play, for example, for the NRL or any other professional, um, sp you're any other professional athlete, 
You don't have a second job. Play AFL, play AFL as well. Yeah, for the brothers south of the border. Uh, you don't have uh, a second job. That is your full-time job. Why? Because you can't, for example, go work in the office nine to five and train in the morning and train in the afternoon and travel. And then, then you're not going to be able to maintain that standard that's needed. You need, if you're going to uh, be at that high standard, you know, of NRL or AF or whatever, or whatever it is, you need to be like completely immersed in it. You need that. That is your full-time life. Beautiful, amazing. Now, for those, you know, the ones who are a bit older, and I remember those days, they did used to work before back in the day and train twice a week. But now the game is completely different because it was more a local because competition. That's right, because the standard wasn't as high. And now it's big money involved, TV, and yeah. it was TV back then, but now every game is live and the contracts yeah. are so much more and they're paid a lot more and there's if, more if into you, it. If you were to get those, those players that paid before and put them up against the players now, they wouldn't last 15 minutes. Like those players used to have like almost unlimited interchange, have a rest whenever you want, have a break whenever you want. They were they were a lot tougher physically, but they didn't have the, the skill level. They didn't have the skill. They didn't have the ability. Okay, well, as, as mm. some of the, as the ones that they do now, they had a lot of ethic. They had a lot of any yeah, passion. They had a lot more things that were better, but they didn't have the the standard that it is at today. They would never be able to compete. They would have to leave their full time job and. And go there. I think it was four changes back in the day as well. It wasn't unlimited. Unlimited came in and they removed it. And they removed it. We younger, yeah. yeah. Four changes as well. There's yeah, only four, yeah. Yeah. No, no, different breed though. There was no, um, no blood. What's, uh, what's Mr. Lyons? No, no. What's that? Hi, Trice. You get knocked <laughs> no out. You're out. <laughs> Your mate picks you up and go, go for, take another hit up. It was, it was different. Tough. Okay, man. it was different. But now, if you want to maintain that standard, it's a full. It's, it's a, a, it's a it's good example that times change. And things change. You gotta work with the, as a parent as well. The environment may change, but you have to adapt as yeah. well. If you if you are uh, if you are a parent, it's very hard to do anything else. It's very 100%. hard. Even the emotional toll, like the emotional toll uh, that it takes on you know being a parent. Like for example, mothers at the end of the day, like they're smashed. It's it, it's it, being uh, it's it's very taxing. How are you gonna go work a full time job if you just a full time job? You come back, you're smashed. How are you going to come back from a full-time job and then do another full-time job? It's hard. So what, something has to give. What's going to give? Is your work going to give? Your career going to give? You know, your work hours, your finances going to give? Or is your family going to give? If a woman does not need to work, again, need is a completely different thing. Just looking after her, her children is big enough. But wallah, the return on your investment is going to be amazing. In both worlds, inshallah. Both worlds. Because... The children that you were mentioning before, you know, those amazing children, they have usually, you'll find, common denominator in all of them, along Bedek, amazing parents. 100%. As a teacher of kids, like, we get upstairs right now, there's a kids program. My Allah's are blessed, you know, all of the Muslim youth. Amen. You get upstairs and there's a kids program. Without knowing any of the children, we could very easily say who's got good parents and who doesn't. Without knowing any of the children. Because you just know the way they carry themselves, the way that they speak, the way that they listen, the way that they're disciplined. You already know who's there and who's not. Yeah, most of the time, generally speaking, it's evident. That's the general rule. Mm. Second, not one of the exceptions. Mm. Some kids may have health deficiencies or whatever it is. Put that aside. The general rule is you can very easily... Get a, you know, we speak to teachers all the time. We've got so many friends mm. and family as teachers. Uh, speak to them about the kids in their class or kids at school. They'll tell you without us even knowing the parents, same thing. You know who's got good active parents involved and who doesn't. So, again, the point is that... You need to be there as a parent and the way that they want the modern woman to be, including the Muslim woman nowadays, 
is to not be there as a parent. Depending on how far you want to get into conspiracy theories, there's a, like a big agenda to break up the understanding of a family because when you don't have a strong family, your values are able to be instilled by others. If they want your daughter, to commit zina, not your daughter. If they want, just uh, people, just for the, those that are listening, obviously Abu Abdurrahman understands the example. But uh, sometimes, and this is you know, just a reminder for myself, the way that we use our language, just you know, be even extra cautious. If they want a person's daughter to commit zina, do you think they're going to be able to do so when she's got extremely strong family values? Very, 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 very hard. If a girl has no family values, there's no one there to instill what they believe is right and wrong from a family perspective. From a family perspective. Muslim or non-Muslim. Now they can instill whatever they want through modern means of influence. In terms of schooling, this is like a big debate when it comes to like the LGBTQIA plus agenda and them teaching it in schools. Where is the right of the parent to say, no, I don't want my kids to learn about that or I don't want my kids to read about that or I don't want my kids to believe that that's acceptable. This is a big debate all across the Western world. Why? Because as a parent, you're the one that tells your child what's acceptable and not acceptable. That's what you do. That's part of your freedom of religion, etc. So when you have someone forcing it down your child's, you know, uh, you're forcing into your child and you don't have a way to combat that. Why? Because you're not there as a parent. They, it's part of them removing the influence of the parent. The amount of children that you have, the amount of uh, time that you spend as a family, the, um, the rights, so-called rights, that they give to children over parents. You know, in many cases, a simple phone call could you know, cause a father to be cut off from seeing his children. Um, or uh, the child can live in the house, but the can't, father can't say anything to the child. Where are you going? No, you can't go there, etc. A simple phone call can do that. People need to be very careful because when they're removing this influence of a, of a child, they can do whatever they want after that. They can do whatever they want. How many illegitimate children people are having and it's promoted? How many children that any other people are having on your behalf? And how, many, uh, how much money does the government spend on you know, other people raising your children? Like we said, child, you know, preschool and child care and after school care, etc. The government you know, is throwing money at it. Why? if you like conspiracy theories, a lot of it is to reduce the influence of the parents over the children. If you look at movies, every single movie today, what do you see is the common theme? The father's wrong, the father's dud, the father's backwards, the father's too conservative, the father doesn't listen, the father's arrogant. You know, the, the crazy 16, 17, 15, 10-year-old child, boy or girl, wants to follow their dreams. They know what's right. They know what's best. At the end of the movie, what ends up happening? The father becomes a good guy again. How? Because when the child rebelled, ran away from home, done whatever they want, behind the parents' back, the father came around. The father said, sorry, I was wrong. I was arrogant. I was an idiot. I apologize. I should have supported you. What message is that pushing? Give me one family where you know that's a reality. That this 10-year-old child, Allah Mazid Wabarik, knows how to uh, run his life knows what big decisions they want to make. Where do you, what do you think that's trying to influence? What do you think that's trying to push? Then they come out with law saying, oh, if a child, for example, is you know 10 years old or 12 years old 
and wants to get a sex change, then you have to go along with it. If they go to a doctor and the doctor says, yes, even if without the parent's consent, we're going to give them, you know, hormone hormone pills to change the way that they are. Like these are these are massive issues. These are massive issues that you can't make your child feel that they're doing something wrong if they attribute themselves to, you know, the agenda. Where on earth did is this appropriate? How on earth is this considered something any sane? Even with all the negative consequences, irreversible procedures, any increased uh, risk of cancer, medical issues, suicide, substance abuse, so many issues, so many issues. Why is it pushed? To break up the family because, again, once that family is broken up, once there's less influence on the child, they can push whatever they want onto that child. It's quite interesting because they can't drive until they're, what, 16, 17? They can't drive they until, can't drink they can't, until they can't they're 18. Drive without, they can't drive without an adult. They can't get married. <laughs> okay. They can't get married. They can't, get what, married. they can't drink alcohol. Generally. They can't buy cigarettes. They can't do anything. They can't do anything. But, but now you're yeah. saying that they can change their gender. Mm. And again, not for something. Well, like, we're not talking about a child, their parents don't give them salad. And it is a lot of nutritional benefit in salad. So they go down to the local grocer and the grocer gives them, you know, lettuce and tomatoes and cucumbers for free. And that's part of a government program. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about something proven to have so many health side effects, so many health problems, irreversible procedures. They'll never get back. We're, and it's like uh, it's sponsored by the government and it's pushed by certain institutes. How is that, Yanni, in any way, shape or form fathomable? to a, a sound mind it's a problem it's a massive problem it's an issue obviously again this is an extreme we're not we, we want people to understand what we're talking about we're talking about the concept of the breakdown of the influence of the parents and the household over that child believe me any parent out there there is a big difference between active involved parents in that child's life and how that child comes out this from the means everything's in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we try our best but as a general rule, how that child comes out and between someone who's not there. Wallah, we see both. We deal with both. As we said, every action has consequences. You either live with that reality or ayyadhan billah. You live with that reality and achieve amazing things, inshallah. Or ayyadhan billah, you can ignore that reality and do the consequences later on. How far it goes, Allahu alam. Well, it's very important to have a, a functioning family unit at home, setting the environment at home, parents who are working for the same goal, where knowing that this life is a temporary life and the next life is the eternal life where, where our aim is Jannah. You know, our aim is to get to paradise and to work towards that. And that starts at the home. The child is born into your home. You know, The parents are figures of trust and authority in the home and they have to educate the child and provide that environment. You know, As the child gets older, as you know, they need that friend, you know, especially the father figure, especially for the male, you know, the, the boy growing up. He needs that, you know, that father, his friend, uh, someone he can talk to, someone he can relate to, someone he can open up to. If the father's not there, he's going to look for it somewhere else. And likewise, the, the woman, the young sister, similar. So it's very, very important to set the family unit, a good functioning family at home who want the best for themselves and for their children. Sheikh mm-hmm. any anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up? Just, again, anyone that doesn't agree with what we're saying, as long as it's based on those two facts, I'm happy to, and you're happy, and everyone's happy to change their stance, whether it's religious and or based on reality. Uh, If you don't believe what we're saying is religiously wrong, or you don't believe that realistically what we're saying is incorrect, then don't be negligent of it. Just like we say, if you're a Muslim and you believe in Allah, why don't you follow Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? 
if you know that this is a fact, you know that it's a reality, don't be negligent. Don't be lazy. Don't don't ignore your children. Be there, be involved, so that inshallah Azza wa you can raise these amazing children. Sheikh Nassim, and I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters who tuned in. Uh, inshallah, we'll be back for much, much more on Al Bayan Radio in the future. So please stay tuned and spread the word. Until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.